0: tell this organization is committed to winning the broncos they do have incredible fans that love this team and i'm glad to be a part of it another takeaway for this denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it wow touchdown denver unbelievable oh my goodness Well, why wait for free agency to begin when you can make moves before the beginning of the next new year? Hello, everyone. Welcome inside to Mile High Magic. Alongside my partner, Nikki Javala, I'm Michael Spencer. Glad to have you with us as we break down the latest from the Broncos. That, of course, coming earlier this week when the team decided to trade for A.J. Boye, sending a fourth-round pick to Jacksonville. Nikki, the trade can't become official until March 18th. We've seen the Broncos do this before. They did this last year with Joe Flacco. So, what do you make of the trade for AJ Boye? Because while it's not officially official, it's official,
1: right? Well, for one, you hope it works out better than the last trade they made yes. with Michael. <laughs> um,
0: it's a low bar for right? AJ Boye to live right. up to.
1: Um, I think it's. I think it's interesting. I, I still think Chris Harris is the better player at this point, but if you put AJ Boye in the right system. With the right people around him, we have seen what he's capable of, like in 2017. Now, granted, that defense was stacked in Jacksonville. Um, but he is younger. He's 28, and that factors in significantly. Um, his his contract is pretty reasonable at this point. He's, he's due, what, like 13, 13 and a half over the final two years of his deal, um, which is much less than they would have paid – to get, you know, say, Byron Jones, who's probably going to get top dollar. Um, so I, I think it's interesting, one, because, you know, the uh, the possible implications it might have with Chris Harris, but also because that was their target all along. I know, you know, myself included, um, a lot of people speculated that they might go after Byron Jones in free agency or trade for Darius Slay and... Um, this was a guy that clearly Vic Fangio has liked for years, dating back to when he was the Bears defensive coordinator, and they tried to get him in 2017 as a free agent. So um, he really sees him as a good fit, and I I never got the sense that Vic Fangio was all that high on Chris Harris, to be honest. That's not to say that he doesn't like him as a player or a person and that he's definitely not coming back, though it seems unlikely. Um, but it clearly shows the direction they're going in.
0: Yeah, the odds were already pretty slim that Chris Harris was coming yeah. back just I mean, I can't I can't help. But remember the feeling of Chris sitting in his locker on locker clean-out day, basically so- saying goodbye to everyone and their brother. I mean, there were certainly indications that he was not coming back, mm-hmm. and I think this trade makes it even more likely. Now, you're starting to hear the rumblings, okay, well, don't necessarily close the door on Chris Harris Jr., but, but come on. Fed by the team. right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So. Um, when when I look at this trade, I think you make some good points. He's younger. He's probably cheaper than Chris Harris would have been. I'm with you. I probably would still take Chris Harris over AJ Boye straight up, But if all things were equal. But in this case, they're not. And I like it from a perspective of the Broncos didn't have to give up a whole lot, right? Like That was a fourth-round pick that they didn't even have until they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. So they still have a ton of draft capital. They still have a ton of picks early in the draft and what you do by making this move now is you prevent the need to reach in free agency and overpay somebody um and so i think that is kind of what they were looking at here saying okay we can give up a, a single pick and get a guy who is under contract for the next two years and who we feel really good about and who we feel like fits in in vic fangio's system and i think that's really important too because Vic Vic's defense, as you and I both know, is very specific. and you need specific players for it to succeed. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the most important, areas of his defense is that secondary Mm -hmm. and if those guys are good then you feel like the rest of the defense is going to be good and so I think that that what the Broncos are doing now is they're kind of moving a lot of chips to the secondary and saying hey if we shore up these guys then the rest of this defense is going to be in a good spot where we feel like it can be that prototypical Vic Fangio defense.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you know th- there is some familiarity there with you know Vic obviously like some they really pursued him hard in free agency. Um, AJ also played with Kareem Jackson in Houston early in his career, so there's familiarity there. Um, my question still is: Is AJ Bouye ultimately their top cornerback? And I, I mean, I would you think yes at that price, but. What if they do go out? I mean, they do need another corner. Um, You know, if if they want to use Callahan and Slaughter, if they really feel good about him playing outside, um, you still need a viable third corner. Um, I've been told they've been working to keep Devontae Harris, but is he that reliable number three? Seems risky. Um, So do you go out and you get another um, top cornerback somehow? And what does that look like? And then the thing I keep coming back to is Kareem Jackson is, what, he's going to be 32 Mm -hmm. this season, and this is the last year with guaranteed money on his deal. So, I mean, they're trying to build a defense that can stay together um, for at least a few years, and they're going to have that key position coming up. So... I know John Elway has said in the past, you know, we like to plan for not just this year, but two, three years down the road. Um, And I'm looking at this right now, though it's still early and they have a ton of pieces to add and thinking, you know, we're not even sure if these guys, like the two key pieces of Justin Simmons, assuming he returns and um, AJ Bouye will be together for, you know, more than a couple of years. So I'm curious to see what they do around them um to kind of build that continuity
0: I'm with you, I don't think they're done. I think they need another yeah. Quarterback. oh yeah. yeah um you know, and maybe it's not a high priced guy, and maybe you can find that guy in the draft because as I mentioned, they have a mm-hmm. ton of draft capital, so I don't think they're done adding to that secondary, and I think that especially in this defense, you need another corner, and you're not <sighs> I don't know about you. I'm not positive that you can rely on Bryce Callahan heading into no. next season.
1: I mean, he hasn't played in what 18 months? He's had two surgeries in between. I mean, they keep saying, yeah, he's he's at a training facility rehabbing. Well, is he gonna be able to play? I don't know that they know that.
0: And that's been the question that we've had since he got his foot stepped on in the scrimmage all exactly. the way back in training camp you know I mean the whole season it was like okay what's what's the deal with Bryce Callahan do we think he's going to be able to play well maybe you know we're gonna he's gonna get a shot and then we're gonna check in two weeks and blah 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 and it just drug on all season long and so I don't know that you can rely on that guy which is another reason why you need to go out and and get a corner now if you can and if Bryce is healthy and gets to play 16 games that's great that's an added bonus but I don't know that you can go into the season assuming that that will be the case yeah. As as for what happens with Chris Harris Jr. now, yeah. we mentioned yeah, we mentioned that that it's going to be even more slim the odds of him returning. Mm-hmm. And judging by his Twitter page and his interactions with Tyron Matthew, that dude's ready to go to Kansas City and get us some Oklahoma Joe's barbecue.
1: Oh yeah, he's out. He's out. What's, <laughs> what's funny to me is Chris is Chris is on vacation with his wife in Jerusalem. I think he found out about the A.J. Bouye trade while touring, like, the, a, you know, an old tombstone or something. <laughs> Is he, like, literally on his phone? I'm surprised they have service, but good for him. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, Ryan Koningsbury actually made this point. It made me think a little bit, and then I kind of went back to my previous theory. But, you know... I, We all believe that it's now less likely that Chris Harris returns. Um, They have a lot of money tied up to their secondary. They have a ton of cap space, obviously, but they have a lot of um, cap space also allocated to the secondary already. So it feels like Chris Harris is gone. It felt like that, as you mentioned, at the end of the season. But he does make the point that, you know, this setup could be more enticing to Chris if... They wanted him in the slot, which, you know, after changing his mind, that's where he says he wants to be. You know, it would require, you know, keeping Callahan outside if they feel comfortable with him there or having somebody else there. But there is more talent around him. Um, The question for me has always been, what is Chris Harris worth? What is he actually going to get on the open market? I mean, he turned down... Um, a two year, $25 million deal from the Broncos before the trading deadline. Now only the first year of that was guaranteed, so 12 and a half. Is he gonna get more than 12 and a half on, you know, on average on the open market? I'm not sure he is. I think because the market is thin at that position, he stands a very good chance of getting it. But how will the deal be structured? I mean, he's gonna be 31. You know his his play did slip a little bit last year. What Don't is tell the, him that. I know? <laughs> what does the rest of the league see Chris Harris? I mean, what? How do they value him? That's what I'm curious
0: about. And what does Chris want? Right? Like I know I know Chris wants to get paid. Don't get me wrong. We all know Chris wants the money. He believes he deserves the money. But but also like, is he willing to take? more money from a bad team or does he look at this saying, Hey man, look, I've been to the top once. I want to at least have a shot to get back there. Um, And, and is he willing to take maybe a little bit less money to feel like he can get back there? And I don't know if he feels like Denver is the place that can get him back there right now too so i think that that factors in and then you know does he does he take more to go to Kansas City or or right. excuse me take less to go to Kansas City i mean his first tweet after the aj boye trade was the the big eyes emoji followed by an lol they might have to see me now and it took me a second i was like oh oh he's talking about going maybe in the division like he's talking about the broncos may have to see him now not just mm-hmm. once maybe twice um so I think that uh, it's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting to see not only what the market dictates Chris' is worth, but where Chris decides to go. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm Chris, you've already made your money, right? And I, I know you want to get paid because I think Chris correlates getting paid to respect and and mm-hmm. how he feels uh, about how he ranks up against the other corners in the league. Uh, but I also wonder, if at all, if winning is going to factor in right. for him because he hates losing in oh, the yeah. last three years for him have been absolutely brutal uh, really the last four but especially the last three um coming off that super bowl 50 victory from several years ago
1: just having talked to chris i i think the talent on the team matters significantly like he would take you know the, the best deal with the best team if there's that balance um you know there have been players who who just want the money i mean you know, Malik Jackson was very honest about it. You know, when he took that big deal from Jacksonville, um, I could see Shelby Harris going wherever pays him most too. That's important to him. You know, it's different for every person. Um, I think it would be really interesting if Oakland comes after Chris with a ton of money, and I could really see them doing that. I also think Dallas would be interesting. Chris has um, his his family has a home in Dallas. He trains in Dallas in the offseason, so. Um, you know, it's wouldn't be all that different for him. And they, you know, they're getting rid of Byron Jones. Um, Yeah. He's, he has options. I don't know that he has as many options as his camp is telling people they have. Um, But we'll see what happens. I, I don't think the Broncos were ever interested in keeping him, to be honest. I was told that during the combine uh, talks with AJ Bouye have been going on for quite some time they continued at the combine um i i think this you know there's still a chance we could keep them i personally think it's just kind of bs well, i could totally be wrong there's still what a week and a half left before free agency but
0: well, and if you're the Broncos, you want to float it out there that like, oh, yeah, we're still interested in Chris Harris Jr. You don't want to be the team that said, no, we're not interested right? in Chris exactly. Harris Jr. Because exactly. from a from a PR perspective and from a player relations perspective too, because if you're sitting there and you're telling Von Miller, no, we weren't interested at all in bringing Chris Harris Jr. back, and you're floating that out in the media, mm-hmm. what message does that send to the rest of the guys in the locker
1: room? Right. But the truth is, if they were at all interested in him, they would have They would got it done. Yeah. So like it's, I mean, you got to read between the lines on a lot of this too. They have every chance to keep them. They have a ton of cap space, a ton of picks and they have the first crack at their own free agents and they have not done it. So what does that say? It says they don't want them.
0: Hey, I'm not going to suggest that this story deserves a game of Thrones graphic. Unlike some other stories that mm. you have written.
1: Oh, but I like where this I, is going.
0: I do think it's kind of funny <laughs> that, A.J. Boye's agent is Chris Harris Jr.'s former agent.
1: Oh, yes. That is a Netflix um, series in itself. I got to think which one. Um, it's not Game of Thrones. Oh, but... Oh, yes. And there is... <laughs> there there's, is... there There's,
0: there's some hard feelings
1: there. Oh, yes, yeah. there is. Um, I think Fred is very happy to that he got his guy. You notice when he... Fred is um he runs end zone sports management and he used to represent Chris Harris. Chris Harris fired him and hired Wasserman um ahead of free agency believing that they could get him a better deal. Fred, obviously pissed off, um, <laughs> has represented AJ Bouillet and when he tweeted out, you know, the congratulatory, you know, yay for AJ Bouillet, um, I think there was a hashtag loyal or something. Um and Fred there does were some not... digs. Oh yeah, I mean Fred has gone off on Chris. He's gone off on social media. I mean it's, that's between them. But oh, there's. <laughs> this was it's not all hunky dory in the NFL Mm-mm. behind
0: closed doors. That is for sure. No. So so Nikki, when you look at this now, we are less than two weeks away from free agency, and what what areas what positions stand out to you the most that the Broncos need to address in free agency knowing that they have a ton of capital in in the draft and that now they've taken at least care of one of the cornerback slots Mm -hmm.
1: I honestly would look to the defensive line first I think you can get a lot of good young pieces in the draft to You know, use on offense, be it receiver, you need another one or two of them. Um, You know, it's a top heavy tackle market, but if you use your first round pick on that, you could still get another receiver in the second round. I think they have plenty of options there, but I think, you know, with three of their top five defensive linemen likely all leaving, possibly all leaving. They really need some veteran talent there. They have Draymond Jones, who's obviously going to take one spot. Um, we'll see what happens with Mike Purcell if they bring him back or if they try to get um, somebody else. But, you know, DJ Reader is probably the best defensive lineman on the open market outside of, you know, Chris Jones. He's a possibility at nose tackle. He'll be expensive. But I, I think that's one area where you, you really need some veteran talent i'm also curious i mean nobody's really talking about inside linebacker everybody sees oh they picked up todd davis's option the option is only five hundred thousand dollars it guarantees nothing other than that you know he'll compete in training camp i still think Vic wants to upgrade that spot um you know opposite alexander johnson i wonder if they go get a veteran there if they find somebody in the draft they like but i i do think those are two positions that they really consider.
0: You know what's funny about the defensive line is that it is not a sexy position at all. No, um, I, <laughs> no, no, no knock not on fun. Shelby Harris no. or Derek Wolfe for any of those. But guys. you get paid. It,
1: you get paid.
0: Yes. Yes. But, but when you look, I feel like that is the one spot that people have kind of forgotten about Mm -hmm. um, when they look at the Broncos and kind of what their needs are. And it's maybe not as high on the list for some people as it should be. I'm with you. I think it's a really important Mm -hmm. spot and it's a spot where if they lose those three guys that you talked about, then they're in some, some real trouble. Um, so I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do there. And I'll also be interested to see kind of what they do with the, in the running back spot, obviously you feel good about mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay, but I don't know that they feel really good about Royce Freeman. I don't know that they shouldn't mm-hmm. feel really good about Royce Freeman. Um, and so I'll be interested to see if they're able to acquire somebody in that spot, um, whether it be through free agency or, or through the draft, but I think they need an upgrade there because I don't think it's realistic to rely on Philip Lindsay to be your every down back. I think that you still want to manage his reps um, and how often he is out there. I think that they're going to use him a little bit differently this year than they have in past years. Um, and I think they need a bigger back yeah. Um, and especially somebody who can, who can pick up blitzes on third downs. Um, you know, I mean, that's where I know it's been a, been a long time, but that's where they miss CJ Anderson a ton. I mean, yeah. he was so good in pass protection and since he's been gone, yeah. they have not had a guy who has been able to pass protect yeah um certainly not to the caliber that they need
1: i i mean if royce can improve in that area i actually think he's more valuable than philip i'm gonna get killed for saying that in colorado yes you are Um, wow (laughs) philip (laughs) lindsey he's an incredible player i mean he he really is but i do worry about you know not that he's really given reason to worry. I mean, he had that hand injury, but he missed, like, what, one game, came back, he was fine. Um, he's not injury-prone by any means, but he is a smaller back. And if they're looking to find somebody who's bigger and can be used more in the passing game, try to develop Royce Freeman. Give him more time. I I think he's quite good. Um, I don't think he's been given a chance to really show what he can do in the right system so I'm curious there I also why not look at bringing back Theo Riddick I mean yeah they're from he's familiar with the staff now with the players they like him um he's older sure but you know he's one of the best at catching passes in the backfield I also think you know this is this is where it would never surprise me if John Elway took an outside linebacker in the first round. It would never, ever surprise me if John Elway took an outside linebacker in the first round. But <laughs> es- especially this year, I mean, this could be Vaughn's last year. Legit. Like mm-hmm. he's, they have an easy out contractually and he's going to be 31 next year. They could be done with Vaughn, and they don't have, you know, four starting caliber outside linebackers like they did a few years ago. So it's gonna be Chubb and Malik or what? I mean, I, I don't feel great about that group, not certainly not like um we did before. Um so do they do they go after and find, you know, Vaughn's successor? It's one option in the draft, anyway.
0: So how much would John Elway get killed? I think he. I think he would get railroaded from fans if he ended up taking an outside linebacker at at fifteen. Because then you're looking Maybe. at two of the last three drafts. You've taken an outside linebacker mm-hmm. with your first overall pick. You make a good argument, but I would but say the counter- second.
1: I would say second, but second. Okay, yeah. okay. But you know, but you're right. I mean, outside of somebody. outside
0: of Vaughn and Bradley Chubb. That's yeah. that's depleted.
1: Yeah, it was a problem last year. I mean, yeah. Malik, the undrafted kid from Nevada, I mean, he's, he impressed in his first year, especially being undrafted, but it's not that seamless transition. And then you got Justin Hollins, who's kind of that hybrid inside-outside guy. I keep wondering if they try to really develop him as an inside guy and they have that tall inside linebacker. Maybe can cover. I don't know. They well, got that's, options.
0: That's, and that's what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, this is why we're not sold on Todd Davis. At inside linebacker, at least not sold on the Broncos keeping Todd Davis mm-hmm. at inside linebackers because they want somebody that can cover in that mm-hmm. spot. And so, can can Justin Hollins do that? And I've never been a fan of the hybrid thing and, you know, playing inside and outside. I mean, look at Demarcus Walker and how they ruined his first yeah. couple of years of his career. I think the career. only
1: hybrid that really works is linebacker, safety, cornerback. Like, there's not many of them, but like the Isaiah Simmons type or, you know, the more hard-hitting But there's a the like reason TJ. why
0: there's not exactly. many of them.
1: Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. I guess my point is, the defense, I mean, everybody looks at the offense. You need to give Drew Locke more weapons. You need to get him more, better protection up front. The offensive line is critical, especially with Ron Leary not coming back. Garibald's future, I mean, it, it's, it could end this year, it could end next year. You need help there, obviously. But I think the defense is the bigger problem right now um, just because they're gonna lose so many key people um, and you know how do you how do you build that back up and how do you get younger talent to you know keep together for a couple of years at least
0: i came into this not realizing how many holes we would talk about during this podcast and how many positions of need there are they got issues for the broncos if i'm being they got honest. issues
1: yep <laughs> and then you look at the front office and then you look at the coaching staff and like oh and, and then, then the
0: ownership then, oh my goodness and then we could we could
1: go on for days so. It is a
0: never-ending cycle. Good times! <laughs> um, so here's here's what's coming up as we kind of look at the calendar. Free agency starts March 18th. That's when the new league year begins. Um, obviously, there's there's the CBA going on right now, mm-hmm. and I, I have not seen very many positive uh, reactions from the players as they get set to, to make their vote. So you got that coming up. Then you have free agency, uh, and then, of course, the draft. And I, I think that... The Broncos are going to be active uh, on all of those fronts and and that they need to be. Um, And so it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see what they do. And, of course, we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date right here on Mile High Magic.
1: I wouldn't discount more trades either, you know, obviously across the league, but also from the Broncos, too. I mean, again, they have, you know, after losing that fourth, they could have as many as um, 11 to shop around because you're so. gonna
0: get they're gonna get three compensatory picks.
1: That's the feeling they. I mean, they changed the rules this year, so by declining the option of Ron Leary, he won't count toward the formula. So, but they still think they'll get three. Um, but they got they got room to work, you know. Yeah. So I keep yeah, a lot of they... capital,
0: a lot of cap flexibility as well. Yeah. So.
1: Let me ask you before we go: if if there was one player who was the most likely to be traded is there one on this team i keep coming back to jeff Hireman, but i don't know what player that's valuable. likely
0: to be traded yeah i think you could see jeff get traded um in terms of big names like i don't think they're trading i don't think they're trading anybody who we talk a lot about because I don't think you're trading Deshaun Hamilton. You're certainly not trading any of any of your star guys on the offensive side. Um, I don't know that there's a market for Deshaun Hamilton if if they wanted to trade him. Um I don't know that you know, there's a market so, for
1: Jeff Hireman, although, you know, he's a bigger tight end, but I
0: eh. Right. What do you get in what do you get in return? Yeah. For for Jeff um, Especially if teams be, feel
1: like they're gonna cut him
0: anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you're getting a guy who who hasn't necessarily proven that he can stay healthy. Um so I that's the thing is I think the thing that the Broncos have to trade that's the most appealing is their picks yeah. and not necessarily anybody on the roster. Right. Um and so I think that's that's the consideration there in terms of of guys who could end up being traded because it would be it would be the second and third tier guys in my opinion. Um right that that you would trade away
1: right how's winnie doing can we talk about doodles real quick
0: (laughs) winnie's great she's awesome got a haircut it's a little too short but that's all right it'll grow out.
1: oh that's not fair why'd you do that to her
0: (laughs) she was hot she was hot (laughs) starting to get hot here in the spring in colorado All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Mile High Magic uh, for all of us here at The Athletic, for Nikki Javala, for our host Danielle, uh, and uh, and for me as well. I'm Michael Spencer. Thank you guys so much for listening to Mile High Magic. We will, co- of course, keep you updated uh, on Twitter and with more podcasts to come as free agency ramps up March 18th. Make sure you follow us on the interweb. She is at Nikki Javala. I'm at Michael cbs 4 We will talk to you next time right here on Mile High Magic.